Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to the Word of God. Again, today I have guests with me, praise God. My wife, Trudy, my daughter, Micah, praise God. We've been talking about having a godly perspective of uh, different principles and different things uh, that's kind of hot topics out there. And today we're going to do the same thing. But what I'm going to do first and foremost here today is I'm going to jump in the book of Colossians chapter 1. And it just says this, kind of a common text. It's what we call uh, one of uh, uh, Paul's prayers or a Pauline prayer. And it just says this, For this reason, since uh, we also, pardon me, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Praise God. And that's really what we're all about here is trying to get us full of His will and His understanding. Praise God. With the, <clears throat> with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom, and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering, with joy. Then it goes on to say, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, the reason I thought that was necessary to bring out is that God wants you to you know, you know, walk the life that you're called to walk, be who you're called to be, fulfill uh, uh, what you're called to fulfill, walk in the inheritance you're called to walk in, praise God. Amen. And all of it's going to be contingent on something. is about, about knowing uh, His will and being filled, amen, not only with His will, but with the wisdom from above, praise God, because the Word is real clear. There's more than one kind of wisdom. And it says with spiritual understanding, because the Word also is clear about the fact that there's more than one kind of understanding. And what we're talking about is a spiritual understanding, a godly wisdom, praise God, trying to gain God's perspective on some of these hot topics, amen. Now, again, we're just trying to, you know, dive into this, just find what the Word has to say about it, and then just kind of, you know, move forward with it. So this is what we're trying to do here. And like I said, we've, uh, over the last few weeks, have t touched on everything from abortion to family uh, to education. We talked about uh, some ec economic things. We talked uh, last week, what we, we dealt with uh, what was immigration. It? immigration and law uh, enforcement. boundaries, some law enforcement we touched on. So today we're going to talk about a thing we call the two pillars, praise God. And uh, uh, Mike, I think what I'll do maybe is have, have you dive into this. Um, you know, the word talks about, you know, the law and the prophets, mm -hmm. you know, and so there's a, a, a need for both. Amen. So we're talking about the two pillars. We're talking about uh, governments that are set up and also uh, the church and the importance of both and why uh, there's a need for both and why did God set it up that way. Praise God. Is that, is that a good lead in that? Can we work <laughs> with that? Amen. So, Micah, why don't you go ahead and start with this. Praise God. And Explain kind of bring the pillars. It up. Okay. Well, like you said, yeah, there's two pillars, mm -hmm. especially in America that we see. Actually, probably... America is one of the only nations we see it in. But when the founding fathers were building this nation, they did not believe that government should be responsible for everything. Um, and with that being said, they believed that there was two key groups or um, two key, I guess you can kind of argue, government system type systems that needed to be involved. And one was the church mm -hmm. and one was government. Mm -hmm. um, so what we see is when we start talking about all these topics that they're either going to fall under one of those pillars responsibilities. 
So today, um, I think we're going to be talking a lot about finances, like with taxes and um, different things like that. And I know that can be a negative for some people, especially when you start speaking about it nowadays. But really what we're trying to dive into is the two pillars being the church and government and what their responsibilities are. So um, when we look at the founding fathers, we see that they really put into play that um, the church was responsible for the needs of the people while the government was responsible for the protection of the people. Which is actually how God originally set it up. Yes. Right, okay. Yep, and if you go back, that's exactly what you see. You know, you see how kings were responsible for war. You know, they were responsible for protecting the people, but yet you had your priesthood that were responsible for the sins of the people, the needs of the people. And at that time, the needs were for offerings and different stuff. The needs may have changed a little bit, but it, the same thing is um, structured. So what we see when we start talking about um, different responsibilities is that the government system was really set up only to protect the rights of the people, to be, um, to be a representation of the people's desires, and to make sure that the rights of the people were fulfilled. And at the same time um, was to spread out the leadership. What the founding fathers did not want is one person to raise to rule to become a dictator because mm -hmm. they'd seen the problems with that in the past. So really they created this government system with checks and balances. I mean, nowadays we can say it's, you can get into it and it sounds super complicated, but really what it was was set up as all these checks and balances that would allow the rights and the desires of the people to be fulfilled instead of one individuals or one small group or the loudest group or whatever we see now, you know, as far as the loudest group, the squeaky wheel, whatever you want to call it. It's not just their will that's getting passed. Yeah. Um, now on the church side of things, the church's um, responsibility really was to tend to the people, not only spiritually, but also um, in a physical way, as far as, you know, we see in the word of God, we're supposed to tend to the orphans and the widows and those that are handicapped or disabled. We're supposed to tend to those thing, people. But really what the heart was of the founding fathers for doing this was they believed that if the people were spiritually fit, then the government system would remain fit as well. Mm -hmm. Because if the people were spiritually fit, in other words, spiritually fed, and directed the right way, then they would vote the right people in, which would keep the government system also afloat and go in the right way. You know, keep it in check. Kind keep of it in check, exactly. So, and the other reason for it, and I know we'll touch on this a lot later, but um, just to kind of bring it out, the Founding Fathers knew that a government system has no way of being in contact and really being um, in touch or one-on-one -on -one with the people. As far as, you know, when you're in a congregation, as a pastor, you have maybe a flock of 100 or 200 or, you know, whatever it may be, you're able to kind of know a person personally. Mm -hmm. Rather, the government system is on this other level where they're not connecting personally with every individual. And what that purpose was, was to keep out anybody that may, um, oh, what's a good word, um, may use certain things to their advantage or abuse or abuse right. it or anything like that. It was to keep that, it, that kind of stuff out. Because if you're a minister and you're working with your 200 people, 
or you know you might have a, a thousand people but you've got all these people working throughout those thousands you're able to tell yes this person is in need or no this person really is not in right, need. Right. and so that was also a way to keep that balanced as well so what we're seeing is two great pillars in america but the problem is is when we see it really in the 1920s 1930s when all of a sudden we go through the great depression well, what happens is basically we see a crash of not only one system, but two systems. And both pillars, both pillars, both pillars, we see a crash. And really, it came down to finances. And what ended up happening um, is Great Depression. Well, what's that mean? That means people weren't giving their tithes. And that meant that the church couldn't support or help people like they're called to. So the government system stepped in and said, because really there's no jobs available to, so the government system stepped in and said, we have to come up with a fix to tend to these people because the church right now is not failing, but it's not able to, due to the Great Depression, do what it's called to do. So they created a system called the welfare system. Mm -hmm. And it was meant to keep people going through the Great Depression and then build them out of it and then they'd be able right. to sustain themselves again. That's the original heart between, behind welfare. But um, like we see though, is we see all of a sudden this breakdown. And what has happened is these two pillars are here and the responsibility of one pillar is like we added it to the other pillar and we kept building up. Well, you know, if you've got a roof on top of there, if you start taking away from one pillar and adding to the other, well, pretty soon the roof's gonna cave. And that's really what we see now as a result of that. They started taking things that were the church's original responsibility and putting it into now it's a government responsibility. And what we see is this off balance in this nation that's causing things to crash. It was supposed to be even and now it's at a slant. Exactly. It was supposed to be even and now it's at a slant. And really what it comes down to fully is that um, a system is trying to do something it's not called to do. When you think about it, a slant never holds weight. No. It slides off. But something that is level can hold weight. So whatever next the nation was going to go through, they needed both of these pillars to be in a level place in order to hold that to weight. To build the foundation from it. Right. And um, <clears throat> not that it was a horrible bad thing. I don't want it to sound like a bad thing. Originally, it was to help out because when we look at it really – the church is able to do the, what the church is called to do because of the tithe. Mm -hmm. Really, the tithe is how the church brings in funds. On the government side, they do taxes, and that's how they bring in the funds. Okay, so really it was set up very simply as far as that goes. But what happened when that Great Depression happened, well, people are financially hurting. So they're not giving their tithe. They aren't able to cover their taxes, you know, so we see this thing cracking. So the thought was, well, let's let the government step in right now and take care of as much as it can because we're all in a desperate spot right now. And then it will help us level out and then we can continue on like we're supposed to. The problem is we never got back to that buildup. So we never leveled out. We never leveled out. So what happened was instead of leveling out what we see actually is a continuation of more and more is a government responsibility mm -hmm. and now it's created in many individuals minds well no that's the government's job mm -hmm. or that's the government responsibility right. well 
and that in turn comes up and it just creates this big old snowball because really what happens then, okay, the government's having to do more. So guess what? That means higher taxes because that's the only way they're bringing in their funds. Now, before in the 1930s, really taxes were very low in our nation. And that was because the money that came into the government system was really from import and exports. It's really a majority of it. It came in and taxes were very low. Tariffs. Yep, tariffs and stuff. So taxes were very low and that's where the government built their economy or built their funds, let's say it that way. Which is how it was really meant to work. Yes, that's really was how it was meant to work. So what happened though, when you're, you know, everything, like I said, funding is going awry. Well, all of a sudden we're not importing, not exporting. We're not doing this. So we're having less funds. So the only answer was raise taxes. Well, the problem is we raise taxes. So now the people are upset because we have to pay all these taxes. And so it just became this giant snowball. It's all entangled. That's like one thing just led to another, led to another, led to another. And now we're like 30 steps down and we're all upset about the higher taxes or because of this or because of that. And really we have to back it up and go, well, where did it first fall? It first fell because we really were in a, a low part in our nation. And now we just not have, we, excuse me, we have not seen the church build back up to a place where it's able to tend to its sheep like it's supposed to, to the level where it's not a government responsibility anymore. So that's kind of where we find ourselves. Well, and then you see the whole thing gradually, like you said, it snowballs because, you know, the taxes have to raise, and then pretty soon there's more on them to do, so then they start adding more. They get Mm top-heavy, you know. They start adding more, you know, uh, I don't know what to say, maybe more uh, uh, different programs and the different things they do and and, uh, different agencies and all the stuff they add, and then pretty soon it's more and it's more, and pretty soon it just gets so, uh, like you said, snowball. It gets so huge. And now it's just like, uh, you know, it almost seems impossible to, to get it back to that original state. And know, really, like, you know. really, the programs and stuff aren't bad. Not all are bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is it's, the gov- it's not the government's responsibility. The church should have the food banks and the church should have the orphanages to take care of the orphans. The church should actually have the health care system. That's stuff that actually, when you break it down to see what the church is responsible for, it really includes all of that. And instead, we've put it onto a government system that really was not built through our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, all the Bill of Rights, all of that was not meant to hold all that. So that's why we have some things that have gone you know, a little crazy on us. It's because really there's no, when they go back to say, well, what would the Founding Fathers think? There's no way to find it necessarily. I mean, you can through their writings and stuff, but I'm saying on our founding documents because it wasn't a responsibility that they were going to be in charge of. Even the education system. Even the education system. If it had to do with tending to the kids, tending to people like on a personal level, it was the church's responsibility. Because if the church was there reaching and touching and they're actually connecting with those people, then they know okay, this is what we need to do to change this. This Okay, we have a big homeless um, pandemic right now on certain levels. So it would be the church that would step in and go, what can we do to get these people up out of this? What can we do? We've got a hunger situation. What can we do to build this up? We have orphans. What can we do? That was the church's responsibility, not government. 
But now we've gotten it so tied into everything's the government's responsibility. And then we get upset when the government's not doing it properly as we think, when it's like really the government pillar was not even built to hold it. So it's crumbling before our faces because it is trying to do something it's not meant to do. It's like your digestive system trying to give you oxygen, you know, or trying to take your respiratory system and you're putting that on your digestive. Well, your digestive system's like, what? No, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So there's, it's, that's really what it's doing. It's like you're putting all this stuff on the government pillar and it's saying, I can't handle this. I'll keep trying to hold it, but it's just going to go awry. And now it's just, you see the after effect of it. Well, I think one of the things that um, allows us to continue in that is not knowing who our Savior is. Our Savior is not someone that sits in the Oval Office or not someone that established, you know, is our government official. Our Savior is still Jesus. Because one of the most important things I think that the church is supposed to be doing is setting the moral code. Right. Because if we set the moral code, the people sitting in those elected places hold to the morality that keep it funneled in that people do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Without a moral code, people go immoral. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Well, it even got to a place where when you look back, they had what was called the Black Coat Regimen. And that was pastors. When we would that was come, back in the revolution time. Revolution time, yep. Right, so 1700. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what was happening was when it was time to go to war, because remember, I guess I should back up, these pillars were meant to help each other. That's mm -hmm. how it worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the government pillar was meant to protect the rights of the church, mm -hmm. and the church was then supposed to keep the moral code of the people to keep them voting in the right government people. Right. But also when times of war came, okay, so now maybe the government pillar is feeling a little bit more pressure because we're in a war. Well, what happened was it became the Black Coat Regiment is what they call them. And it was literally the ministers would get up on a Sunday, preach the word, and they say, all right, men, let's go. And all of the men would funnel out and the officer above them would be their pastor. And that would be a group and they would go off to war. And they'd go off to go fight. Part, and they would part. go do their part. But that was the whole philosophy. Hey, we'll do our part. You do your part. And at the same time, we're able then to work together without thinking, well, I'm doing everything. Or oh, I'm doing, without getting that attitude because right. that's how we work. I've got my position. I've got our things we're supposed to take care of. Right now, you need something. Okay, we can work with that. And that's well, how it's supposed you to had work. Something about uh, well, I was right? going to Yeah, well, I was just thinking, first off, we have that in the word. Because Samuel went and anointed Saul to be the king. Mm -hmm. So the church helped endorse who was going to be in government. That's true. That's good. You know, good and point. same way, Samuel then went and... And you see that all the way through. Right. right. Well, he also is the one that anointed David. Right. Okay. And it wasn't that the king wasn't supposed to fear God and seek God. But what happened is the church got the witness of who's supposed to be in that position. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that in the word. Um, I just wanted to bring up out of Exodus 18, and um, uh, it's kind of a lengthy scripture, but it's when Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came to Moses and saw how Moses was governing the people. And um, he says to him in verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. 
Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to do perform it by yourself. And what was happening is from morning to night, all the people were coming to Moses to help make all the decisions because Moses had a connection with God, but Moses also knew the law. He knew the conduct requirements, but he also knew how to hear from God. And he said, you're going to wear your, yourself out. And you're going to wear these people out. Why are you going to wear the people out? Because they have to wait in line. <laughs> they have to wait in line. This is worse than an a amusement park ride. You understand? Yep, they have to wait in line all day, not knowing if their case is going to be heard. So he says, Jethro says to Moses in verse 19, listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. Meaning if you don't know what to do, then you're going to have to be one that goes to God and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in the, which they must walk and the work they must do. So he's saying, you shouldn't have to tell them about everything. There should be a personal connection that they have to know right and wrong. Moreover, you shall select from all the people, able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness and place over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you for they will bear the burden with you. And if you do this thing and, as, and God so commands you, then you'll be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So he's saying, okay, this is what you're going to do, Moses. You're going to handle the difficult things that somebody needs to hear from God about. And what you're going to do is you're going to start teaching the people. You're going to start teaching them the moral code, the law, the requirements. You're going to teach them that. And then what you're going to do is you're going to select able men, men that fear God, Men of truth, hating covetousness, okay? Those are the three criteria said. They've got to have a fear of the Lord because that's the beginning of wisdom. They have to be men of truth, meaning they're not subject to lies, false witness, deceptions. And they hate covetousness, meaning money won't grab them. These are the people you're going to choose. The ones that operate in the fear of the Lord with wisdom, men that hate deception, and men that hate covetousness, they're not bought. They can't be bought. And you're, you're going to put these people, and some might be a ruler of a thousand. One might be a ruler of a hundred. One might be a ruler of 50, a ruler of 10. It's going to break down. And so what happens then is what we see is now we start getting a personal connection. If I have a problem, I'll go to my ruler over the 10. And if he can't decide, then he's going to take it to a ruler of a hundred. And if they can't decide, then it'll go to a ruler of a thousand. And, you know, remember when we're talking this, we're talking millions of people. And Moses was having to answer all of them. I mean, this is worse than the DMV line. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're going to be standing and waiting, standing and waiting and standing and waiting and standing and waiting. And, you know, it could be something as trivial as how much manna should I gather today? You, you know, I mean, it could have been something trivial or it could have been enormous. They killed my ox. Mm -hmm. You know, I, just imagine all the different dilemmas for a million people. People are still people. And so God gave him that way. And that's why I think our government pillar um, 
it, as a pillar, we have pieces and components that break down to you just take care of this, you just take care of this, you just take care of this, and you just take care of this. We got state government, we got county government, we got city government, we, you know, and all that is is breaking it down mm -hmm. so that that pillar stays effective mm -hmm. in teaching the way to live. But it has to be a combination of those three criteria, fear God, truth, and hating covetousness. But the church is also that way because we've got, we've got Jesus as the head over the entire church. Then we get down to apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, gets down to that. And then within a, a church body, we have leadership at different levels, but it's all supposed to stick to the same criteria on both sides. And this is how they work together and how they function. This is how they function, how they work well, together. I, I like that, you know, you know, they don't have to be wore out then. Right. Because maybe, maybe it's even kind of like what you were saying. It's how it gets a little top heavy. Now you got one side doing more work than the other side. And now it's, you know, for whatever reasons. I mean, originally it was just set up to be something, you know, to help meet a need. But then it, it ended up snowballing and got worse. But we're seeing the idea is that the church ain't doing too much and the, 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 the government's not doing too much. You're each doing their part. And within each pillar, right. they're doing this, it doing it this way. Amen. They're doing it this way, broken it down. They break it down into smaller groupings that they're responsible for, Amen. you know, yeah. in both pillars, yeah. Amen. you know, um, one of the things you talked about is how both of those pillars, how they have financial support, mm. you know, um, one has financial support from taxes, the others from the tithe, you know, and we've got all kinds of taxes now, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, sometimes what happens is the pressure to provide all these things that lands on the government, you know, government doesn't have money. Government manages our money that we pay in taxes. Okay. That, that's what they do. You know, so what they're looking for is, okay, all this weight, the things we've got to pay out and they end up what we call it a deficit or what we call as debt. Mm -hmm. You know, the government gets in debt. Why are they in debt? Because there's more going out than coming in. You know, and sometimes, um, you know, we, I understand there might be misspending and all those kind of things, but the, the truth still remains. The pressure to bring in more is a constant pressure, mm -hmm. you know, and so um, that's how it gets out of balance then, because whatever lion you feed is going to become the biggest, mm -hmm. you know, which is you think of that in Malachi chapter three, even. Um, when, when the spirit of the Lord gives this, this scripture and he, he's talking about the tithe and he says, uh, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. It's talking about in verse 10 of Malachi three and says, bring the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Mm -hmm. So what that is, is the tithe was what was supposed to keep that pillar strong. Mm -hmm. So there'd be there'd be some, some resources in that house. You know what I mean? That, so then that, that house would have the ability to help the widows, the orphans, the handicapped, the orphanage, the food bank. You know what I mean? That was the key. And maybe, the, you know, maybe we're discombobulated on more than just what government's supposed to do and what church is supposed to do, but also who has a right to what funds in my bank account? You know what I mean? Because when it comes down to it, the tithe was just supposed to be on the increase. Mm -hmm. 
It was 10 per, the tithe is 10% right. of the increase. Right. Okay. But the discombobulation comes, the government also wants a part of your increase. Mm -hmm. And take part of it maybe before you even get, get it. Anything. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, I don't know if income tax is scripturally right. We've got it. We've got to deal with it. But according to scripture, where I can see the, the increase tax, if you would, was actually the tie that belonged to the church. And I truly believe it's not in the word because of this. And someone can maybe argue with me about this, but when you're talking about um, property, you know, one of the structures of the government was to protect individuals' property, private property. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot would believe that that paycheck is their property. So really the government should be taking anything piece of it because it's my private property, mm -hmm. you know, but like we said already, you know, we're not saying don't do it or this is bad, no, but what right. we're saying is the reason we have it like it is, is because it got too top heavy. And so it's trying to grab where it can right. for any form right. of right. a relief, right. you know, right. and then here we are saying, well, that's not fair and that's not fair and that's not biblical and that's not scriptural you're right because the pillar got off and mm -hmm. the pillar's not scripturally accurate anymore so that's where it all gets it off, off and it gets yeah. thrown off and you it know makes sense i mean when you see it if you know if you could go back to how it was originally designed you know it would be uh you know you, you wouldn't be seeing the issues a lot of the issues anyway that we see today mm -hmm. but uh and at the same hand, it's the same with the church. I mean, the, the church, you know, mm -hmm. if they're not bringing in what they should be bringing mm -hmm. in, then what happens? Then they, you know, then they're trying to they're trying to make ends meet. They're trying to do what they can, and they're limited um, mm -hmm. because they only got what comes in. You know, yeah, so. you don't you don't get thrown in jail for not paying your tithe, but you do for your taxes. <laughs> you know, you understand what I mean. Yeah. So there's a greater threat to not yeah, paying your taxes, right? right? Yes, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, well, you know it's, what I mean. Yeah. It, yeah. So it feels it feels Less more demanding, right? Yeah, and it feels more demanding to get those but, taxes but when it paid. It comes right down to it. That's what, what what you see. Then you can see how it all gets off. Then. Right. You know, and so that's why, you know, everything just gets off. You know, a church can't do what it used to do. And the government's trying to do and fill some void. And agreeing, we're not, we're not de uh, denying the fact that there's some abuses. We're not denying the fact there's been some mistakes made. Uh, but that's kind of what happens when everything starts getting off and out of whack. Because even, you know, get back to, you know, the church was there to help uh, make sure that the right people got in office, you mm -hmm, know, and mm -hmm. that gets off. And then, you know, and the moral code they, they of just, the nation everything itself starts shifting. And and that's you can kind of see how that happened. And we're only talking well, basically a lot of this, like you said, manifested back in like the early 30s, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, I mean, not that they weren't already having maybe an issue or two here or there, but that's when it really took a major shift. And it just kind of basically went downhill. From well, there. you think about it. Okay, if the church wasn't responsible responsible for the education system, I mean, the government, I'm sorry. If the government wasn't responsible for the education system, how much money would the government save? <laughs> you know, you can look at your own property tax statement and tell, you know, from you what you would save, okay? If the government wasn't um, supposed to be in charge of the health care system, how much money would it save the government? If the government wasn't responsible for feeding the poor and the needy, 
And, and think about all the organizations they wouldn't have to have. You wouldn't have to be funding all that organization. Right. I mean, and then, you know, because it's, that's how it starts getting all top heavy because because now you got to have all these organizations and programs and you got to have people that run it because mm -hmm. it has to and most of the time if you even look at a lot of these programs and these organizations they're they're short of help a lot of times they're mm -hmm. i mean a lot of times maybe mm -hmm. not not always but most of the time so they're always you know they're overworking and and then you know in the meantime it just all comes down to it all got out of whack and then it just everything now is just rolling weird and, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, maybe even those listening today may say, well, man, I never heard any of this before. And, well, you know, we've been, you know, how many years this been happening like this? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're talking. Almost 100. All getting close to 100 years. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we're, you know, you, you have to go back into our grandparents, basically, to, uh, you know, to hear any, you know, how it used to be. Now we get so far down the road that it's, it seems so foreign to us, you know. So nowadays people think that, no, this is always supposed to be for the government they're, this is what they're supposed to do and the church is only supposed to do this and and so now people have a mis miscued or miss uh you know just an off uh perspective or mm -hmm. understanding of mm -hmm. it and that's why we're trying to you know kind of touch on these kind of things is just so to give people a little bit different perspective what it does for me okay and i'm just going to say this okay it gives me a healthy respect Okay, for not only for the church, obviously I pastor a church, so, you know, I obviously have always had a good higher respect for the things of God, the church of God, and that kind of thing. But it also gives you a, 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 a higher respect uh, for, for government because uh, in, a, in a way, they're taking on way more than they should. Now, granted, um, there might be some little power hungry that maybe are just doing their best to try to take control of what they can, but... I have found that most people really, when they went into government, they were just trying to be a blessing. They were just trying to help. You know, they saw a need, they wanted to get involved, wanted to help. And I know that's not across the board, but I do believe that most did. And so, uh, you know, um, one of the things that we ended up with last week, and I'm just going to say it again, plug it in right here, is that is, you know, it always starts with honor and respect. And, you know, uh, you know, we sit in a, you know, more of a, on the, uh, you know, the church side of things, you know, this pillar and so we, we automatically see the need for honor and respect. But I, I still feel that um, there's a need for respect and honor for those on the other pillar, uh, the government side. Um, law enforcement's on law that other Law enforcement, part. all this stuff that comes out of that. Military. There just needs mm -hmm. to be military, absolutely. Uh, there just needs to be a respect for that because, I, I don't know, I just, uh, you know, as we move forward to this and as you see, uh, you know, we're in a day and an hour where there's so much crashing in. At the same time, you got those that are trying to step up and try to make a difference. It just gives you a healthier uh, respect uh, for those trying to make a difference and do what's right. So anyway, praise God. Yeah. So what, uh, what else? So I here? think that one of the, the, the key scriptures that we always need to remember is in Psalms 33, verse 12. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance, you know, and that the blessing for any nation, any nation that gets blessed, it's because they've made God their Lord. That's good. You know, so regardless if these two pillars or if they both crumble or if they both emerge perfectly, the blessing for a nation 
There's no way around it because some countries don't have this kind of government, don't have these pillars. Some of them are blessed. Some of them are cursed. The, the basis of our nation's success is in this, not how it started, because a lot of things start right and end up back poorly. Okay. The fact is we have to keep God as the Lord over this nation. And the only way to keep God as the Lord over the nation is the individual people have to continue to recognize God is God. God is the Lord. God is our leader. God is our boss. So, you know, all of the things that we go through, pay taxes, pay tithe, you know what I'm saying? This pillar, that pillar, all of those things can be summed up in this fact. We've got to have God as the Lord, you know, and if that means returning to the house of God, so be it. Well, you know, um, you know, I made a statement earlier and, and just, you know, when you kind of look at it in the natural, you think there's, there's no way this could ever turn back around, but there's, there's only one way that it can. And that is if God is the Lord. Right. I mean, and then you get, you start getting the right people in places. You start getting the right perspective, the right order. Uh, we're talking about both pillars. Right. Because they both got off. Right. So it's, it's the only way, there's only one hope for any of it. And that is uh, our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, and putting God first place, you know, God's our source. Jesus is our Lord, you know, and you gotta, you gotta have that. If it don't, there ain't no way it's ever going to come back into divine order. Right. Because God needed to be Lord over both pillars. Right. It's not that just God is Lord over the church pillar. God had to be Lord over the government pillar as well. But the only way that happens is if the church has influence yeah. in the government pillar. And that's how it was set up. That was how it was set up. I mean, you know, you have a lot of people try to argue that, but when you go back to founding fathers, actual documents, you can't get out, get away around that. It, God was their source and they understood that he was their, you know, ultimately he was the top and they, and most even, well, you know, I mean, you've studied years of this and, uh, you know, the governments were all designed and set up, at least our governments and set in this nation. Of course, we're probably talking to people that maybe be outside our nation here. But within our nation, our governments were actually set up based on the Word of God. And they took it from the Word of God. And so they put God at the top. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, even to see how far we've come, how many years has this been in order now? We're talking, what, nearly 250 years or whatever, 240 mm -hmm. or 250, whatever it is now. and look at how far it even went. And most nations, their governments don't last, but geez, just, you a know, short time, short time mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, the key is in any nation, you just have to have a network of people that believe God is the Lord. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and I'm reminded of this scripture here. It says how in Romans 10 verse 14, how then shall they call on him and who they've not believed? So how are you going to make a godly nation when they don't know God? Yeah. And how are they going to believe in him of whom they've never heard? Yeah. How shall they hear without a preacher? You know, and it comes down to the fact of this. The people that do have God as Lord, the people that do believe God as Lord are going to have to start speaking up. So that they can let everybody else know, if we want the blessing of God on our nation, this is how we're going to have to live. And this is who's going to have to be our Lord. And if you can get a grouping of people within a nation to stand for that, any nation, 
any nation can be changed. So whether they live in the United States or not, if we can get the gospel into those places that declare that God is Lord, that Jesus is Lord, and there's a group of people that are willing to share that and spread that, then we have opportunity for as many nations to become blessed by God. You know, whoever, you know, and it's about even in our nation, how did government get away from God? People that had Jesus as their Lord quit getting involved and quit saying anything. You know, you, you know, according to the word of God, we are salt and we are light. But if we hide our light under a bushel or we are content as salt to sit in a shaker, you know, that we never get into other places, we are doing nothing. All we have is a title, salt and light ministry. You know what I mean? But we're not doing anything because the blessing of the Lord is dependent on the people of God continually sharing their faith, um, putting it out there for others to see the saved or the unsaved. You know, it does much when you go to preach to a Christian person and it because it brings encouragement to both of you because unity brings strength. Right. Unity produces joy, you know, so even if you're saved and I come to over to your house and I preach to you, when I leave, we're both happy. Mm-hmm. We're both emboldened, you know, we're both stronger. So it's about whether these two pillars are going to be successful. How much influence is the church willing to take and the willing to have Absolutely. in every area? You know, um, you know, we've said, and we've touched on things like this in our own congregation that, you know, back in the sixties and, um, they kind of took the voice away from the church as far as the government's concerned. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so the so at that that time they basically said in this pillar we don't want the voice of, of the this other pillar. pillar. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that went for ba- almost fifty years, or yeah, it would have been a little over uh, fifty years, or right at fifty years, I guess it was. But just a few years ago, our president turned that mm-hmm. and and basically said, okay, you guys now have a voice. You know, do your part here. And so. Yes. To me, this is why we're, we're doing some of the things that we're doing here. Um, you know, we're just doing what we can to try to put enough understanding, spiritual understanding, or some godly wisdom uh, in the in the, in the uh, the ears and the hearts of the mm-hmm. believers uh, that we do our part. Whether we're, and we're, I guess, where I'm saying this for is because when you're talking about you know sharing our faith. We're not just talking about sharing our faith with one another, going door to door. No, no. We're talking about doing our part, sharing our faith with our communities mm-hmm. as a whole. We're talking about the governments of our communities. I mean, we're talking about the governments of our state, the governments of our nation, being a part of it, amen, and doing our best to influence uh, the, the other pillar, right. and the pillar of government, amen. If we can influence the pillar of government from the pillar of the church, mm-hmm. amen, we can begin to start turning some of this back the way it's supposed to, amen, at least... Uh, you know, I don't see it as all hope gone. Mm-mm. And like I said earlier, you know, naturally you look at it, you think there's no way this could ever turn around. But see, without God, it, it won't. But with God, it can turn. And mm-hmm. so that's why, uh, you know, t- today I think doing all we're doing here is just trying to give people the understanding as, um, you know, why is the church uh, needing to get involved right. with government? Well, it's, it's, it's us trying to do our part. Well, it actually brings a godly balance to both pillars because without 
godly influence, this pillar could build completely crooked and not even know it because this is the standard of moral code in the church pillar. You know, so without the church pillar having no effect on government, government isn't doing necessarily those things that align us as a blessed nation under God. You know, I was thinking of this as you're saying that, you know, you, the two pillars, you know, we got a little top heavy on the one and, and, and it starts to crumble, starts to fall or lean, whatever, however you want to look at it. But if it goes down, you have to understand that this other one can't hold it up either. No, by itself. So what happens is a lot of people don't realize you let this, this one go down. It, it's soon to follow with the other one going mm -hmm. down because it, you know, it takes away what, you know, it just, it just, in our just, nation, right. In our nation, in our nation, especially. And mm -hmm. uh, actually I think it's across the board, but, but definitely in our nation, we can see this happening. And so the, we the need corruption to, needs to come right, down. Right. Yeah. The corruption does, but I'm just talking about the pillar, you know, there was structure. so much there and it's crumbling at, you know, because of every, the weight and everything it's trying to do. And what happens is if it comes down, if it all crumbles to nothing, Okay, which some people say, oh, that'd be wonderful. No, it won't, because ultimately it's going to cause the other one to crumble, because the other one can't hold everything up. Can't either. hold all that pressure. Can you, you imagine know? if we had to do all of it all of a sudden? No. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we need both working and doing their part. I'd that's have what to I'm vote for to you to be president, and uh, that's alarming. Yeah, that would be really okay. alarming. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about that. But anyway, the point is, is that I guess what I'm trying to say is, again, it goes back to that thing of, of, of understanding the importance of both, understanding the need for both, understanding. Uh, the, the, the need to honor and respect each, each one's place. Right. And, and, uh, and, and then, you know, do our part, you know, to influence that other pillar. Praise God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Am I boring you? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you really aren't. <laughs> so anyway, I just, anyway, that's why we wanted to touch on this. So any other, any other thoughts you want to put in this? Well, the first thing I will say, the way to get it switched back is the church has to vote. Yeah. and do its part. I'm not just talking about the national levels. I'm talking all the way down to your city council. Yeah, every year. That there's every time right. there's an opportunity right. to put your vote in, to have your voice be Because it's heard, your influence. It's right. your influence into that. And so every mm -hmm. time you have that opportunity, that's really what's going to make the shift and change. Because really, I mean, this could be argumented, I guess, argumentative, I guess, but the two biggest shifts we saw in this nation, one was the Great Depression, and two was when they took prayer out of schools, when they made that big decision. And when they saw a spiritual collapse, all of a sudden the economy fell. And all of a sudden it was like it all was connected to that, and they didn't know that. And so when they pulled one thing, all of a sudden all these other things started falling. It was a domino effect. And so if we remember that, that that's the connection to all these things doing great, then we will be able to switch this back around just by putting our influence back into it, putting our influence back into the economy, our influence back into things, and no, realizing that, you know, when we're giving tithes, offerings, taxes, all these different things, there's a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because someone said to do it or it's in the word, but there was a real reason and purpose behind it. And if we stop giving our tithes, one pillar will fall. If we stop paying our taxes, one pillar will fall. And just knowing that kind of gives you a little bit more understanding or respect for the different pillars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Anything else? I think so.
get something. You want to jump no, in just I just, I just, well, I wondered if it's going to be too big, uh -huh. you know, because there's a, there is a proof positive of paying your taxes. Um, you know, in Romans 13, it talks about law enforcement and resisting authority and all those kind of things. And it says in verse six, um, uh, for because of this, you also pay taxes for they are God's minister attending continually to this very thing, meaning your protection against evil. Mm -hmm. They're tending to that. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due customs to who customs fear to whom fear and honor to whom honor. Mm -hmm. You know, it tells you right there. We're supposed to pay our taxes because of this reason and give your taxes. Jesus paid the temple tax. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But he also told them to give tithes. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how the temple tax worked. If it was required to get in the building, I don't know. You know, but I do know that he paid both. He kept two pillars going. And Jesus' government at the time was corrupt. Very, very corrupt. You know, here, we're talking under Roman rule. And it was very corrupt, you know. So, yeah. so there was an element of, he, you know, uh, do I have to pay taxes because it's corrupt? Well, maybe the only way it's going to come out of corruption is to pay your taxes. Now, I understand there's overtaxation. <laughs> you know, capital gains tax, for instance, right. mm -hmm. is not a legitimate tax according to the word. Inheritance tax. Inheritance tax is not a little legitimate gain, uh, legitimate tax. You know, we have scriptures for those things. But in all truth, the reason they do those taxes is they just put a different name on we need money. Is because what it, we're trying to do it all. Because <laughs> we're trying to do it all. You know, whereas, you know, maybe we can swing this thing by getting the church to do more, then they won't have as much pressure on that. And I don't know. I don't know how it fixes. Well, definitely there's, there's only one way that we're going to see this thing turn around. Jesus. You've got to get the Lord involved in, in all of it. And and that's both, and, and the church, because I think, um, you know, we, you know, most of the church is going to say, that's right, the government need, needs help. Well, you know, the church needs help too a little bit in some of these things, getting ourselves back in line with the things of God, uh, being honorable, um, you know, doing our part, all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's all of us doing our, uh, doing our part to make this thing work. Praise right. God. Right. Amen. So, well, praise God. Anything else you'd like to add? I think I'm good. All right. Uh, let's pray. Father, I just give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for your word. These principles here today, Lord God, just thank you that we can glean the insight, glean the understanding and the wisdom that we need concerning the two pillars. Just bringing out, Lord, a little bit more understanding about it. We just give you praise and glory for that. Thank you, Lord, for your word again and our time together. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.